Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. All right, today we continue through the book of Acts as we look at chapters 19, 20, and 21. In the reading today, we find a lot of names and a lot of details, um, but within all of that detail, there are some incredibly important applications for us today. Uh, I think you're going to be really encouraged by the takeaways uh, that you see when you read through the, the text today. Let's observe a few things, just big picture events that take place in the reading today. Number one, Paul preached with boldness and clarity in every city he entered. That's one of the things that to me is very uh, challenging and encouraging about where we are in the book of Acts, that Paul's traveling around, going from this place to that place, this town to that town. But the consistent thing is, wherever he goes, uh, he's always preaching with boldness and clarity. Now, he's also uh, quite often finding himself uh, being persecuted and having all kinds of hardship. But even though that's true, his boldness and clarity uh, are a constant every city he enters. Number two, the church is gathering on Sunday since that is the day Christ rose from the grave. That's a pretty important thing to notice in chapter 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week, they were gathered together. The early church began to worship on Sunday, the first day of the week, because uh, that's the day that Christ was risen. Uh, And that practice would continue all throughout the, the days of the early church. That's why we gather on Sunday today because uh, it's the Lord's day. It's the day the Lord was raised from the dead. Number three, Paul warns the church of the reality of wolves outside of the church and also from inside. Uh, In chapter 20, we see him uh, in verses 23 down to 32 uh, with this really, really helpful um, explanation of his ministry, of his focus, and also of what uh, the leaders of the church must do and how we must be focused. But one of the things to observe is that he warns that there are going to be wolves outside of the church and inside of it. Uh, He says in verse 29, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things. So there will be wolves from the outside who try to get in, and there will be wolves who are who are in the church, uh, not truly converted, but, but a part of the group uh, whose goal will be to twist the truth, to lead people astray. Number four, uh, Paul knows threats await him, but he is ready to die for the gospel. Chapter 21, verse 13, I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And and this is interesting and worth noting. The reason why Paul is so bold is because Paul is ready to die. Um, I, I think Paul, we know that Paul loved his ministry. We know that he... Uh, wanted to continue to live for the sake of ministry. In Philippians, he says, I'm hard-pressed between the two. Uh, I desire to depart and be with the Lord, which is better by far. 
but I'm convinced for your sake I will remain on in the flesh. Um, Paul was ready to meet the Lord, but he wanted to be faithful in ministry here. So again in Philippians, he says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. To live is all about Christ. To live is to make much of Christ, speak of Christ, glorify Christ, call people to believe in Christ, yet to die is even greater gain. It's because Paul was ready to die that he was able to be so bold and so courageous. He was ready to meet the Lord. If it was the Lord's will for his life to be taken on account of the name of Christ, then Paul says, so be it. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to meet the Lord. And if you're ready to meet the Lord, what can man do to you? If you're ready to meet the Lord, the, the threats of the world um, w w are, are not a threat at all. But for people who are not ready to meet the Lord, well, there really can't be any kind of significant Christian boldness because we live our life, in that case, afraid of what if this happens or what if I lose this or what if somebody does this to me. And so that the secret to boldness is being prepared to meet the Lord. The, the way to know um, how you can be confident, not in your flesh, but in the Spirit through you, that whatever happens, you'll be faithful to Him, is to come to the place where you say, I love to live, and I want to live, and I want to minister, and I want to be with my family, but to come to the place where you say, but if it's the Lord's will for my life to be over, then so be it. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Great is your reward in heaven. To live as Christ, to die is gain. It's better to depart and be with the Lord. And so Paul is able to be um, so bold because uh, he is ready to die for the gospel. And then a fifth, a fifth uh, observation. Paul visits James in Jerusalem. We see that in chapter 21, uh, verse 17. I just want to point this out by way of observation. He visits James in Jerusalem, and this James is the brother of Jesus. Uh, this is not the brother of John. We know the disciples, James and John. But remember, uh, back in Acts 12, Herod has James put to death by the sword. James was the first apostle that was martyred. And so it can be kind of confusing when you read the New Testament and you see these similar names and you think, what's going on? I thought something happened. So in Acts 12, James, the brother of John, is martyred by Herod. In Acts 21... Paul visits James, the brother of Jesus, who is the leader of the church in Jerusalem. This brings us to five applications. Number one, we should engage in conversations with those who do not know Christ. This is one of the things I, I think should be very um, convicting for us as Christians when we read the book of Acts, is how often Paul, he strengthened the church, He's challenging the leaders of the church, but he goes to every city and he just begins to reason with people and to talk with them about the gospel and to, to preach Jesus to them. And, and some may be believers that he's, he's training and, and some may be curious and some may be complete um, deniers of the gospel, but we should engage in conversations with those who do not know Christ. If you don't have regular conversations with unbelievers, my encouragement to you today would be to begin to pray about that. Just pray that the Lord would bring people uh, into your life that do not know Christ, that you could have gospel conversations with them. 
pray that you would be bold. Pray that you would take conversations and and turn them into to Jesus-centered conversations. And I know that that can be intimidating and that can be uh, risky in some sense. But this is what we should be doing. We ought to be having conversations with unbelievers. So if that's not a regular part of your life, just make that a matter of prayer. Uh, just be honest in the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, you know that, that I don't I don't talk to people about the gospel. You know that that scares me. You know that that's something that intimidates me. Uh, Lord, would you give me boldness? Lord, would you give me eyes to see opportunities to talk about Jesus? Lord, would you bring people into my path um, that I could talk to them about Jesus? Make it an honest matter of prayer, and then look for ways to be faithful to speak of Christ. Number two, we must proclaim truth because it is profitable for the hearers. In Acts chapter 20, in verse 20, it says, You know I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. And then in verse 27, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. We share God's word and teach all of it because we really believe it's profitable. Um, that's what 2 Timothy tells us. God's word is profitable. It's, it's for our good. And so we want to tell people all of the truth of God's Word. And I know that there's so much of the Scripture today that's very out of step with the culture, so much of God's Word today that people um, despise, um, so much of God's Word today that people don't want to talk about. But understand the truth from Acts 20. It is profitable to know the Word of God. And so we want to say the truth, speak the truth, teach the truth, because we really believe it's for the good of people to hear. Number three, overseers must guard the flock. Chapter 20, verse 28, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God. Biblical churches have shepherds, pastors, leaders, overseers who guard the flock. Pastors aren't dictators. Um, pastors aren't CEOs. Pastors aren't the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we, what we are to be is pastors are to be guardians of the flock. Uh, that we know them, we care for them, we love them, we watch over them. Uh, that we are faithful to guard the flock. Number four, danger is everywhere and we can never let our guard down. Uh, we see that again at the end of chapter 20 as Paul is reminding people that, that danger comes from inside and from outside. Danger is everywhere. Um, we can't let our guard down. We need to pay attention to what we see, to what we read. Um, we need to pay attention to who we listen to. We need to be on guard. Um, one of the things that, that's really prevalent among much church culture uh, today is this idea that parents have um, that, that, you know, they're, as long as their kid's in church somewhere. Um, so mom and dad um, are at a church that they believe is good and, and, and biblically healthy, but then their child or their teenager wants to go to a different church. And so what happens often is mom and dad lets that 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old go to a different church on their own 
uh, under this idea of well at least they're in church somewhere but but remember it's it's the parents job spiritually to shepherd their children and you don't want to take the responsibility of leading your family spiritually and hand that off to your child that that's not fair to put that onto them and and it's not wise to comfort yourself by saying well at least they're in church somewhere um, dangers everywhere and we cannot let our guard down and moms and dads need to be heavily involved in knowing who are your children listening to who is influencing them who are they listen to teaching the Bible um, another way that we see this application of be lived out is inside your own church um, if you're if you attend a church where it's not essential that you have a Bible to follow along with the sermon, you're in the wrong place. And and people comfort themselves by saying, well, the, the, the preacher's a nice guy, the church is, a, they're nice people, or I feel good when I leave the service. Listen, the job of the pastor is to open the Bible and help explain the text. And if you're at a church and you don't have a Bible, and the people around you don't have a Bible, and that doesn't make it hard to listen and follow along, then what that tells you is that that pastor up front is not in the text and dangers all around. And one of the things Paul makes clear in this passage is there are people from inside the church who will arise and twist things to draw away the disciples after them. What Paul warns about, we see in churches all the time. So be on guard. Danger is everywhere. Do not let your guard down. And again, at least two ways to apply that. One is for moms and dads to make sure they are the ones that are the spiritual leaders in their home, not their children. And two, make sure when you're in the church that whoever you're listening to preach the word, that what they say comes from the text. The pastor should have a Bible open, the people should have a Bible open, and the majority of that sermon ought to be that pastor directing you down to the text to see this is what the Bible says. Otherwise, you get men who arise from within the church and twist things. How does that happen? Because people don't know the Bible. And so, Paul is cautioning about that. And these are the very early days of the church. This is the very early days of the Christian church. And he's giving this warning. The same warning must uh, be something we're aware of in our life today. And then a fifth application, be ready to give up anything for the sake of Christ. Again, back to chapter 21, verse 13. Paul says, I'm ready to be imprisoned. I'm ready to die for Jesus. Be ready to give up anything for the sake of Christ. And then we read um, in our reading from Proverbs chapter 12, uh, verses 15 to 28. And, and I want to summarize that with by, by saying this, that spiritual words produce much joy to the heart. Biblical words, biblical teaching, produces much joy in the heart. I'm thinking here from chapter 12, verse 25, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, 
but a good word makes him glad. Speak words of truth. Speak words of, of Scripture and bring hope to hearts that are weighed down. All right, if you'll enjoy the reading today. You'll learn a lot and I think be able to take away a lot of good, helpful application. I pray that's the case. Have a great day.